Welcome to the Cash Calf Podcast, where we talk about everything business, including the mentality and practicality of the side hustle. Here are your hosts, Tyler Martin and Matt Bitter. Especially in the tech world, where the most money is going per customer is the company that's winning. So, you know, Apple is so much money per new customer. Microsoft, so much money per new customer. That really is who is winning. You get that name out in front. There was actually this really just interesting, funny thing that was done. Um, They went to a new neighbor. I say they. I don't even know who they are. Just some TikTok brand. Yeah. They go to a subdivision, and they go and ask every single person in the subdivision who the number one realtor is, and they all give their answers. A few months later, they do a campaign with a fake real estate agent who has a a fake (laughs) website, and they just plaster them. It was like six weeks, and then they got a card a week in the mail to every single one of them Mm -hmm. saying, you know, hey, number one realtor in the area, it's this person, not even a real person. They go back after six weeks and poll everybody again. Most of them said, this is the number one realtor in the area. They don't even know the person. He's yeah. never sold a house. It's getting in front of Name them. recognition. Name well, look recognition. at politicians. Yep. Same yeah. thing. You know, Where the, like, the, usually the most money politician is the one who, who wins. Yeah. But there's some and, differences there. Now and, you got, and nobody ever knows even what their views no. are. No, it's this stuff right now. And we, I mean, we don't have to get political, but like Roe Ro versus Wade being overturned. Most people don't even understand what Roe versus Wade is. They've never read the bill. Yeah. They don't know. That it's, it's a just hoax. a political thing. Yeah, it's a hoax. Well, really? It really? Yeah, it really is. If you were to ask most liberals, and you really get to the surface of it, they're going to want states' rights mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. But they don't know that until you talk to them and you explain things. Same with, with Republicans and Libertarians and everybody. Like, nobody really knows what's going on. That's, it's just what we're told. And... So as far as abortion's concerned, is this going to change anything? No. Really, it's not going to change no. anything because the states that were already doing it are going to keep doing it yeah. because it's states' rights now. You know, I mean, I guess you could get maybe one of those kind of middle-of-the-road states that goes back and forth between, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever, that might get enough people in there to yeah. to make it illegal or whatever. Yeah. but the main states that are doing it right now, they're going to keep doing it. Absolutely. The main states. And then, you know, people will come up with things and they'll say, well, you know, what about rape and incest and and, uh, harm to the mother and all that? Mm -hmm. Totally get it. 100% understand that does not fall within abortion. Yeah. It is. That is. um, Medical necessity. Medical necessity. uh, You know, a medical miscarriage sort of thing. Um, And and we never want to discount any of that. We're not going to be like, Oh, it's, you know, rape is this and that. If you're a rapist, you should... Have you heard Ben Shapiro? If you're a rapist, you should be castrated and killed. Hmm. That's, you know, that's his stance on Mm -hmm. it. We're not disagreeing with that. Like, that is a very terrible part of it that needs to be addressed, but that's not addressed in states' rights versus federal government and what the federal government has control over. Yeah. Yeah, that's... it's. That it's it, it has very little to do with abortion. It has yeah. everything to do with states' rights. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Like some of my liberal friends are, you know, have been posting stuff about it, or even posting stuff about the the recent 
gun law thing too, you know. And you can tell that they don't even know. No. Like they're posting all this stuff and they just don't know. Yep. And it's like I'll and from what they're posting, I know that we probably agree on the principle of the issue. Yes. Now we might agree we might disagree on you know, maybe they they would be, you know, pro pro choice and I'm pro life. But as far as like they're posting stuff that it's like yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I agree with that. The government shouldn't have control. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. you know, it's just, it's so bizarre because nobody knows really what, it's it's whatever the media says. Yeah. You know, like. It's that's, just that's, another way to divide us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting too, when you look at who originally passed Roe versus Wade, a whole bunch of white males. And the narrative right now is, <clears throat> the straight white male is the free person in the nation, but everybody else is oppressed. I I actually have a friend, she's a really good singer. Um, and, uh, she did this like TikTok voiceover thing. And it was like, you know, the land of the free, if you're a straight white male in the United States. And I was like, no, no, look at the Supreme court right now. You have the most diverse Supreme court we've ever had. Yeah. And they're the ones who overturned yeah. Roe versus Wade. Yeah, so this is that's not true. This is not a straight white male issue. Well, both of those things are like landmark cases that yeah. happened decades ago. The the gun rights thing. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't necessarily like well, kinda. I mean, so basically the gun rights thing, right? Said that states can't restrict who has a right to to bear arms like basically these shall um or may issue states for concealed carry stuff it basically says you can't do that anymore yeah it has to be a uh shall issue not a can issue yeah yeah yep and so um that's been going on for decades and then the row the the row versus wade stuff so here we have the most the least white straight people that are overturning these things Like, if that's the standard, then keep getting white, straight people out of there. I don't care. I know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because like, we don't they, care. Yeah, I, I could care less. Woman, man. Who's going to make the best decision? White, brown. No, I want the most qualified people possible in there. Yep. And and I don't want it to end there. I Like, there was that, um, the first Mexican-born person to get into the House of Representatives, I believe. Hmm. It was either the House. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was the House. Yeah, My, Maya Flores. Uh, in Texas, she won a primarily Democrat county, bunch of Mexican. Mm-hmm. Uh, me- can you say Mexicans anymore? Yeah, they're Mexicans. That's and what I'm, all my Mexican <laughs> friends say is, no, I'm yeah. Mexican. Um, like, it's uh, so stupid that and we have yes, to even it is think really, about that. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, can I say that? But yeah, it, it is. And they should be proud that they're Mexican. And that's A lot okay. of them are. Yes, that's great. Exactly. Should be. Okay. So a bunch of Mexicans. Um, in that area that used to vote Democrat, voted Republican, and for I'm pretty sure her name is because, Maya Flores. Because she was born in Mexico. It, and it might That's be great. because she was born in Mexico, or it might be because she's actually uh, smart and has the and same a good values person as they and has do. the same yeah. values exactly. That's true. And um, yeah, that's the one that uh, what's her face, um, Demon Lady that that makes more money than all of us uh, in the Pelosi? stock market. Yeah, her. <laughs> in um, the stock market. <laughs> she, uh, Sadly, she, it's true. We it laugh is, about it. It is true. She elbowed her daughter. Have you seen? I, I, I got to show you this. So I, 
I'm the worst with politics because no, I just good. hate it. Yeah. I hate it so much that I just don't even, even social media stuff, I like, I have to very much limit. I'm in one of those phases where I limit my social media Well, exposure. you're smart. <laughs> okay, if you just type in, um, yeah, her name is Myra, Myra Flores, Nancy Pelosi. Now, okay, this is where we're going to get a little crazy on both sides because when I saw it, I was like, okay, she nudged her. Like, she nudged her. And and she probably shouldn't have. I think Nancy Pelosi's a piece of crap. She shouldn't have done it. But they say Nancy Pelosi shoves daughter. She didn't shove her. She nudged uh, her. Either way. Yeah. So, little, right? Little nudge. I don't know. Little nudge. You think so? Or do you think it's more than a nudge? I don't think it's more than a nudge. I, I I'm don't... having a hard time calling it a nudge. Well, maybe she she definitely kind of moves. Yeah. Do you think it was on purpose, though, like that? Uh, Yeah, because look at her face. Yeah, maybe so. Well, yeah. She always kind of looks like that. Well, though. that's true. She might have just gotten done with the Botox treatment. <laughs> anyway. And had a few too many, and well, it's just yeah. like, okay, smile, Nancy. Dude, the... the um... <laughs> The, the eliteness. You know, her husband gets pulled over for a DUI, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, first off, many people get pulled over for DUIs. It doesn't make it right. It's mm -hmm. bad. But, oh, Nancy Pelosi's husband gets pulled over for DUI. He drives drunk all the time, and so does she. Because a lot of people do. And it's not just because they're politicians, but because they're politicians, they need to be put in, in a, a different space. They yeah. shouldn't be doing it. And if they do, they should probably be kicked out of office for a few years until yeah. we have trust in them enough to, to go back. Yep. Yeah, there should be more severe punishments for people of status yeah. that make mistakes Yeah. rather than less. Well, and there, there's literally laws in place that make it to where you can mess up in a public office or even a public job and you're protected. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just don't like that. Well, but even, but even there, like, look at, like, have you, and I don't follow it enough to, like, speak with any kind of confidence or anything. It's just kind of the, the crap that you see here and there. Like, Madison Cawthorn. Yeah. Like, he, that's his name, right? Yeah. I'm, that, he's, like, that. a representative from somewhere. Yeah, I don't remember where. But he's the, he's the guy the in the youngest, wheelchair. Yeah, he's, yeah. The, he's the youngest person to be in Congress, elected to, co elected to Congress, I think. Yeah. But he, like, like they drag him through oh, yeah. the mud. And then, you know, granted, there's some, you know, who knows? If he did some of that stuff, then it's like, whatever. Yeah. Granted, he's still in college at the time and stuff, yeah. you know. But why aren't we, why isn't there any kind of balance there? Yeah. It depends on, it's just, there's it no depends <laughs> on what kind of what, it depends on what party and who wants to say what and yeah. when. I saw a video and it was it was Nancy Pelosi doing the whole like little nudge thing to Myra Flores' daughter, and then there was another one where a guy slaps Rudy Giuliani on the back. It was just like a back slap. Mm -hmm. Rudy Giuliani said it felt like a bullet hit him. Oh jeez. He's like, you guys are all a bunch of wusses. Yeah. Knock this crap off. Mm -hmm. Like, do your freaking job, and audit the Fed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, it makes you wonder how much of the stuff that we like that happens or even it it really makes it hard to have trust in the system. Yeah. Because it's like how much of this crap's fake? Like how much is made up? How much, you know, all of these claims or even cuz you look at people like that that are going to lie about a bullet or a a back slap. Yeah. Well, they aren't living in reality. They no. you know, they're always living in this world of lies and, you know, 
scratching this guy's back and that guy's back. You know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Makes I mean, you really go, I don't even know that any of this crap's real. I, I actually think a lot of the crap is not real. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole like red pill, blue pill thing in the matrix, right? You, you take the red pill and your eyes are opened. It sucks mm-hmm. to have your eyes opened. Mm-hmm. It really does. But unless we all have our eyes opened, or at least the majority, we're not going to be going in a, in a good direction. Very, and I actually think very few politicians even understand the gravity of the things that they do. Or maybe it's the, the non-gravity of things they do. Maybe they really don't have as much power as they think that they have. And the system yeah. is set up to where it's going to run how it yeah, set up maybe. to run. You know, you've got the one of the Rothschilds that said, I, I care not what puppet sits on the throne of England. Give me the power to the monetary supply and it doesn't yeah. matter anymore. Yeah. You know, well, okay. 1913, we gave that power to the banks. Mm-hmm. The banks have the power and not just banks, uh, one bank, yeah. you know, it, it's just interesting stuff. Well, and even that, like how many, when you really understand what happened there, like what we're taught and what actually goes on there with any bank, like, Growing up, I remember thinking like, oh, a bank is a great place to put my money and you want a savings account, you want a checking account and whatever. Well, when you really learn what a bank does with your money, yeah, like you're, you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like, so I give you my money, you take that money, you pay me 0.02 interest, and then you loan it back out to somebody else for a mortgage at 6% interest now. Like, yeah, wait, wait a minute. Why, why? Why is that a good thing for me to do? Especially you when, you, when you're taught to save that money. But if a bank saves that money, they go out of business. So yeah. you're, you're, the bank literally does the opposite of what we're taught to do. Yeah. So explain the fractional reserve system. So we're, I was actually just talking about this with, uh, with another guy because <laughs> he's, he's involved with doing some, some – like helping people with uh, with bankruptcy, yeah, you know, and how they um, need certain, you know, like it's hard for them to get a credit card or whatever, and so there's programs out there that you can use to essentially have a credit card and start building your credit back and that kind of stuff. Oh, that's cool. So and like so, without like going through bankruptcy, you're able to still get a credit card and then build your system back. Yeah. But it's like a pre, so it's like a preloaded thing. So you put in 250 bucks or whatever, yeah, and then you can use your card to pay on that. They charge you a little bit of interest, but it's like building your credit, you know, it kind of, yeah, it's kind of more like a debit card, but it's called a credit card so that you can build back your credit after like a bankruptcy and some of these things. Um, but so we were talking about, um, just banking and, and that kind of stuff. So so the fractional reserve system is um, basically say you go and put in $10 into the bank. The bank then takes that and lends it out. But back in the day, you know, when we had bank runs and everything else, you always see like on the, is it the uh, Wonderful Life? Is that the show where it's they're... A, it's a Wonderful Life? Yeah. Is yeah. That, is that what it's called? Like where I haven't seen it. if you clap an angel loses its wings i think so i haven't seen it for so long but isn't it on there where there's bank runs i believe so and he's like yeah we don't we don't have the money yes that yeah. yeah so so back in the day there was bank runs and nobody had the money so there wasn't a reserve requirement 
And so the banks could lend out as much money as they wanted to. So kind of their thought behind that is, well, everybody's going to bring us their money to put in their savings account or their checking account or whatever. And not everybody is going to come and get their money back at the same time. Maybe only a few people. So, you know, say they take in $10,000 in deposits. Well, on a day-to-day basis, there might only be $1,000 worth of transactions where there's actually cash that needs accessed. Well, let's take the remainder of that and let's lend it out and make more money on it. So that's what they did. Well, they used to be they used to do it for They used to do it for uh, <laughs> we just the power just flashed, and I think the computer there. kept going too. Yeah, that's except cool. for maybe the internet, but we'll see. Yeah, well, and that's and that, still that continued to go. It must have been off battery power or something. So sweet, Dude, we, we got rock. backups yeah. here and didn't even know it. Yeah. So, uh, so back in the day, they would they would lend out as much as they possibly could, which was kind of risky because if there was a point when everybody wanted their money then there's no money left there. They've lent it all out. Yeah. And so the government stepped in and said, hey, you need to at least keep 10% cash reserves on hand. And that's called the kind of the reserve requirement yeah, or whatever. Fractional so, reserve. Yeah. So the <laughs> fractional reserve is, hey, we're taking in, taking in $10 on deposit. We're going to keep a fraction of that on reserve and we're going to lend out nine more dollars which actually compounds through the economy. Yeah. So say they lend out $9, well, and those people take that money, they go and do something else. Well, maybe they deposit some of that in the bank. Well, then you could do a reserve on $9 now, you know? So then that creates another, say you're saving, I mean, it gets into cents oh, yeah. now, you yeah. know? But anyway, so you're having to, the bank's having to keep 90 cents, you can lend out $8.20 or $8.10. And then on that $8.10, you can... So within the... I can't remember what it is, but there's... You can do the math on that and figure out how many dollars $1 actually creates in the economy. You know, off of one... Because of all of those yeah. different transactions and stuff that you can make. So yeah. you don't have to have an economy that's... Or you might have a huge economy. There's actually not cash that's equivalent to that size of economy you know yes. that's all the transactions and business and stuff that's going on it's actually quite smaller than that yeah well and that's how so, money is created correct so yeah you know off of that one dollar those nine dollars are created yep and so that's where the the system is scary because you can never pay back and it's a system of debt yeah that's the thing. it's all built on yeah debt. it used to be dollar for dollar uh, gold reserves, but even then, if you lend out ten dollars at ten percent interest, where does that dollar come to pay it back? It doesn't, unless you're mining more gold and silver and you're yeah. on that system. Yeah, you create more value somewhere to pay that back. If all debts were called in today, there's not enough money to pay off those debts. Not even close. Mm. And I don't know what the what the number is, but it's like more than double. You know, if if there's $20 trillion of debt today, there's actually $40 trillion. No, if there's $40 trillion of debt, there's only $20 trillion that can be put back into that. Mm -hmm. So it's a crazy system. And isn't it that uh, like we're getting to the point where our 
we're basically just paying to service the debt. Yeah. Right. We aren't yes. paying any principal or anything like that. It's just yeah. all interest. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a weird deal. I mean, we owe a lot of money to other countries and it, that's weird to me that we, in being the reserve currency of the world, at least as of today, that might change in the recent or in the, in the coming days. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least today and being the richest and most powerful country on the earth, or at least, you know, were five years ago, 10 years ago, you'd think that we'd be the ones lending the money, but we're not. Mm -hmm. We're, but is it that we, do we understand it enough? Do we understand it so much that we're like, Hey, this is how we continue to be rich. You take someone like Robert Kiyosaki, he goes, I'm a billionaire in debt. Yeah. You know, he understands that debt is what makes you a billionaire. Therefore he's a billionaire. Do we understand that from a monetary standpoint where we go, oh, well, we're the richest and most powerful country in the nation, in the world, because we're rich in debt? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. I don't know either. I actually don't think that anybody, like our leaders, and you know, like we, we supposedly have faith in our government people that they understand how all this works, you know, like I know as a even as a private citizen, I'm kind of naive. I'm pretty naive to how it all works, and I've studied it quite a bit. And so yeah. the normal person, out there yeah, if you're naive, is like I don't even know what it's called that what other people are because you're like you're not naive. So if you are naive, then they are completely ignorant. And I don't understand, you know, like so. I it seems like we were, you know, most of the time it's like, oh well, you know. The government understands it. I don't. I don't no, think they, they do. No. I don't think they have a clue. No. And I think that it's to the point now that the politicians just make promises with that. Like, look at all the money we sent to Ukraine or whatever. It's just numbers. You just throw numbers out there. You're just pulling numbers out of your out of your hind end and just yeah. throwing them out there. All right, we're gonna send. I don't even know. Was it billions to oh, Ukraine? Yeah. And it still is. You yeah. know. And so it's just you just throw it out there and then. Where does it come from and all that stuff? It, they don't know. No. They don't know where it's, they're just sending it off. And that's, they don't understand that's what a billion think, dollars is. Even like even even the Federal Reserve people, I don't think that they understand it. No. So it does make you wonder if there is somebody pulling the strings that does understand it. You know, like is there some... Saint and there himself. probably is. <laughs> yeah, maybe, probably. <laughs> but they're probably, you know, like you look at, I don't know, there's some smart people out there. Like you look at... George Soros or yeah. whatever. I mean, but there's see, some guys. I think that if pretty... we if we know their names, yeah, they're, they're the puppets. Yeah, for sure. They're so they're too. so deep. They're so back there that we just don't. This whole Ukraine thing, though, it's bizarre. Like, it's a war zone. Mm-hmm. But a lot of our politicians are going over there. Uh, mega billionaires are going over there to meet with Zelensky. A bunch of actors and actresses are going over there. It's weird. Well, it's because they're sending... All it is is money laundering. Yeah. They're sending the money over. Everybody's getting their cut. And then they're sending it back here to the Clinton Foundation or whatever it is that these people set up. Yeah. Like, it's got to be. It's weird. It, it is a bizarre, bizarre thing. So I heard something... Like, speaking of, like, fractional reserve, I heard... Uh, Store like a long, long time ago, kind of like the first, like kind of how Fedra- the fractional reserve came about. And I thought this was a pretty good illustration. And it probably, this probably wasn't how it came about. It's probably happened forever. But there was, I want to say like the Rothschilds or something, some big banking family like that 
owned a like a depository for gold and which back in the day that was you know there wasn't as much paper well i guess there still would have been paper money but uh but you know they were people would deal in gold coins and that yeah. kind of stuff so this was a depository to to keep those things safe yeah so basically a bank but yeah. it wasn't necessarily considered a bank i don't think i think it was um just considered more of like a, a depository safe kind of thing where you could keep your stuff well so people would bring their gold coins or their gold gold bars or whatever and pay this family to keep their stuff safe well the family goes you've got a whole safe full of gold and not everybody's going to, you know, they're even similar gold bars or gold coins. Like a lot of them look the same, you know, because it's currency of the day or whatever. Why don't we go buy assets with it as long as we have enough to stay liquid so that when people come to get their gold, we can hand them a gold bar. How are they going to know if that's the gold bar that they gave us or not, right? Yeah. And so they would go out and buy real estate or other assets with that. And they could get away with it as long as everybody didn't need to come and get their gold at the exact same time. Then that's kind of when, you know, I guess it was it Warren Buffett that said, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. <laughs> so that's kind of so that's kind of the the analogy there is, you know, as long yeah. as as long as there's not a major event where everybody, you know, a recession or depression when everybody needs their gold, you can do that. Yeah. And it's to be honest, it's probably OK to an extent mm -hmm. like it's probably okay to do that just we are we have a system now that if that happens instead of those institutions instead of there being consequences they just get bailed out you know yeah. they just get they just you know the tide goes out oh you guys are almost bankrupt we'll just print more money and that's really the crime of it yes. because when they print more money then it lessens the value of everybody's money and yeah. so we're bailing out people that diminishes you and i's buying power when we had nothing to do with the decisions of those institutions making their bad choices and there's no accountability to the federal reserve on where that money goes so uh bernie sanders i think it was 2018 is it ben bernanke no it was was ben bernanke uh he was the fed chairman right yeah I can't remember if it was Ben Bernanke or who. I'm pretty sure it was. And uh, you got to give Bernie Sanders some credit for that he's never changed. He's been a communist his entire political career. <laughs> and owns up to it yes, that he is, yes. basically. Um, so he, he goes, hey, um, you guys bailed out a whole bunch of companies. Where'd that money go? Who did it go to? And literally in front of Congress, he goes, I'm not going to tell you. Hmm. And there's not a thing. Like, he didn't say there's not a thing you can do about it, but there is not a thing that anyone can do about it. That's how it's set up. So everything that you just explained, like, you know, that family that owns the storehouse and people coming in and out, that's banking in yeah. and of itself. Yep. The problem now is who holds all of that power is a privately held company. And it's not real gold. Yeah. They can print as much money as they want that goes out to those banks that then goes out to people. And just like you said, the inflation, it's just the lowering. It, there's more in the supply, so it's just lowering the 
yep. the, the value of the dollar. So it's not that beef costs $10 a pound now. It's that the dollar is so much less. Right. It, it's weird. And it's a tax on the people. It's a, it's a very... It's a very silent tax. It's a tax that we don't vote for. So let's say our government does go, hey, China, we need to borrow a trillion dollars. Okay, sweet. Sounds great. Well, then we inflate the amount of dollars that are in circulation. Now a trillion dollars doesn't sound like that much to pay back to China. Mm-hmm. You know, it's pretty easy to screw over other countries when, when that happens. Then you go into oil and... Yeah. deep into the petrodollar and all of that, and it just it goes even further. Well, it's interesting now because we have the inflation from the, over, from the printing of money, you know, trillions of dollars, but there's also a sl- supply crunch too. So we have people that are trying to suppress the amount of oil we can produce and, uh, you know, and, and kind of suppress supply chains at the same time, we've just printed so much yes. money. You know, it's kind of a double-sided thing here um, that's that's hitting hard, you yeah. know. And so it's, I don't know. So really, the, I mean, the future <clears throat> kind of hangs on what the Fed does with interest rates right now. You know, if they continue to up the interest rates, which they might do. I was totally wrong on all of this. I thought that they would not up interest rates, mm-hmm. that it, interest rates would essentially go to zero, and that maybe even go negative like they did in other countries. I really thought that. So have you listened to like uh, Real Vision lately or any Mm-mm. like Ra- Ra- Raul Paul stuff or anything? No. So he's, I've listened to a little bit of, I haven't listened to it consistently. Um, I'm kind of, I kind of go in cycles where yeah. I'll listen to something, you know, financial stuff for a while and then kind of often. Um, but his view, well, and this was, you know, like not real current. This was like a month ago or something, which it's funny that it's like, oh, well, that interview was a month ago. Yeah. It might be different now. Whereas you think about, you know, maybe a couple decades ago, it's like the news came out monthly and or even, you know, something that was said a year ago, still kind of that trend kind of carries on for five years or yeah. whatever at a time now it's like oh that you that youtube interview is a month old i don't know if i can rely on that anymore which i don't think is a good thing no it, I don't it, it shows our short attention span and how fast things are moving and changing yeah but he kind of um him and some other people on there of course he's really good because he has people on that agree with him and he has people on that disagree with him you know yeah. and they talk around these scenarios to try to learn and get better he's not out to like push his view on anybody but he was saying that he kind of anticipates that um you know the fed will ease off of because they said like six more times this year or something like that increasing interest rates and so or something like that when they started out i think they said eight if we had two or three increases so maybe we're at like five more times this year or whatever which Five Would more increases or just five more changes? Yeah, increases. We're going to get to like 12% interest. But, so he also, <clears throat> I've heard him say in other um, interviews and stuff before when he's talked about this, that so he's a bond guy. So he's always looking at bonds and rates and everything. And he said never, I think anyway, never once in his career has the Fed raised rates to the point that they wanted to get to. They always end up, they always end up, you know, maybe whether it's they're talking a strong game, yeah, and you know to kind of try to to um, 
reducing, you know, whatever. They talk big, and so they don't have to raise as much because they kind of growth slows naturally anyway because of that but he said i think he said not one time have they gotten to where they said they were going to so but recently the recent interview i listened to he said um he kind of anticipate like his view was that june would be the last rate hike and then it actually would kind of um slow growth faster than anybody thought because growth sped up faster and inflation sped up faster than anybody thought so he almost thought that it would um that it would uh slow growth faster than anybody thought and then they would be reversing course pretty quickly okay to go back down yeah and then even you know in the last crisis which it's interesting you can look on a on a chart of interest rates and what like you know because we go from a a uh a recession or kind of a slow growth period to a boom and then you know boom bust cycles and you can kind of see how over time um the so the interest rates kind of move up and down and up and down depending on these cycles but over time it's a pretty definite channel downward yeah they never get back as high as they did before as far as interest rates yeah, yeah. as far as interest rates so say last time interest rates got up to I don't even know what they did, but say 10%, Yeah, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. Well, the next time they tried to do that to stimulate it the economy, they to got to eight. Okay. And then they have to drop. And then it got to six, and then they had to drop. So it's a, a pretty pretty definite downward channel. Yeah. Um, and kind of the, th- the thing that they had talked about, too, that was interesting was this last crisis, they didn't go negative. And so is that a tool that's still out there that they possibly would use to try yeah. to see you know like maybe so maybe they're they're increasing and this was another um jim rickards another guy that i that i listened to um he has said before that it takes like four percent i think it's four percent of interest rate drops to come out of a recession okay and so if the federal reserve is under you know they don't have four percent right now Mm-mm. You know, and so in the past, that's what he's thought is they try to get as high as they can so they've got room to drop to come out of a recession. Well, now we're in in that we're low enough that even if they raise, it doesn't ever get above 4%. Yeah. So then do we go negative? Do they print more? Like, what's the other tools that they can use to offset that? Really? And so all they have as far as tools are interest rates and money printing. Yeah. Because they'll never... Increasing their... And, and when they print money, they're buying assets, right? So they're yeah. increasing their balance sheet is what yeah. I think... That's kind of what it's referred to, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting deal because it, it, it's an extremely complex system that is pretty simple. You either mess with interest rates or you mess with the money supply. And we've gotten into you know M1, M2, M3, just all yeah. these money stimulus sort of things. We don't know how much money is actually in circulation. We don't know what money is going where. So from like an individual standpoint, I think we just have to look at this and go, what are the best things that I can be doing right now? And I've got a, a friend on Facebook, and he's he's very anti like Fed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the poor guy has always done what he's been told have your job contribute to 401k and he posted today 
and my 401k continues to drop. Yeah. And he's getting pretty close to retirement. Hmm. Get this. He, he's hosed. He's, he's screwed because he did what he's been taught to do, even though he inherently knew the whole time that it was wrong. So we, we talk on here and just in, you know, when we're talking, not on a podcast. Yeah. We're such, we're such losers. We just talk about <laughs> the Fed Reserve all the time when we're together. Yeah. Well, it's, it's true though. And it's fascinating. It stuff. is fascinating. Really like, well, and, and maybe this is just divulging too much in my mind, but I want, I want to be an expert in something. I don't feel like I'm an expert in anything. I just know a little bit about a lot of things, but I'm not like an expert. And that's actually been in my mind a lot lately. Like I need to dedicate an hour a day or two hours a day to something to where I just become maybe like one of the best in the world at something. Maybe that's going way too far out there. Maybe no, it's the I feel the same way. Like I feel the same way. And I think that that's kind of the entrepreneur mindset yeah. too, or, you know, that's kind of, I feel like anyway, Yeah. like that's kind of how entrepreneurs are just because they're, yeah. Doing lots of different things. Very maybe. true. Um, and so we talk about silver, gold, cryptocurrency, real estate. Yeah. Those are really kind of the assets. What can hedge against all of this inflation? And if they are going to continue to print money and asset prices go up, those are the those are the assets to be in. Um, cryptocurrency has taken a, a, just an insanely huge hit, mm-hmm. um, which bugs me a little because it was supposed to be a hedge against inflation. Maybe it's not a hedge against inflation, but it's in its own little cycle here and there. But what's been really cool over the year, sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say with that, you know, maybe cryptocurrency is something different. Maybe we don't even understand what it is yet enough yeah. to know that, you know, that it's uh it's based more on technology than money printing or yes. rates of adoption or yeah. something like that. Like, yeah. I still think that there's, I don't know. I just think, oh, me I, too. I still think yeah. there's huge potential there. Me too. Totally. I just wonder if it's in a different realm than an inflation hedge Yeah, is kind of what I wonder. I don't yeah. know. Well, it, not to get off on the crypto cur- uh, no. tangent, but well, I mean, I was kind of going to go there cause I've got one cryptocurrency that's down 90% right now. Yeah. Five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have been so scared. I would have been like, I got to get out of this because I've lost 90%. Right now, I'm like, extra 10 bucks, it's going there. 20 bucks, going there. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even phase me because it will come back. Everyone gets scared. Retail investors freak out. Smart money is still putting their money there. Smart money is still buying silver. Smart money is still buying gold. They're still buying real estate. Yeah, those have sucked, though. Yes. Like, well, it, it, that's the interesting thing with gold and yes. silver is it's touted as this great inflation hedge. Yeah. It sucked over the last yes. couple. Of, I mean, it hasn't sucked, but it stayed it stayed the same. It hasn't hedged inflation, True. you know, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. But there's lots of arguments why that is. And yeah. if we go into some kind of other crisis, you know, recession or something, then it might it might spike. And it's yeah. interesting too because gold and silver like over time grow slowly, but I think have outpaced inflation. I don't know quite if they have overall now. Gold probably but has. But then it like it seems like it spikes whenever there's a, a crisis. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. kind of goes up. But I don't yeah. know. Well, and back to corruption, b- big bank corruption, yeah. J.P. Morgan, and this is not just conspiracy. You can Google, Google it, look up the articles. They're fined all the time for manipulating the prices of silver and gold. Yeah. Like, all the time. I think it's like some of the highest SEC fines in history. 
do it in And no, they just bake no, it into their yeah. like budget. For yeah. the, they're like, for hey, the, we're going to get fined $3 billion, but we're going to make $15 billion, so... Yeah, that's good. Okay. Does anyone go to jail? No, but Tom might get a wrist slap. You just have fraud as line item on your... Pretty much. <laughs> on your budget. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't... I still don't think we can go wrong, though, if we have some extra dollars and we're throwing them into silver, gold, cryptocurrency, and... Uh, in real estate. I, yeah. I really don't. Uh, I'm not a big Dave Ram- Ramsey fan, but the other day he's like, you, right now is the best time in the next five years to buy a house. Hmm. Right now. Hmm. And, you know, as, as... Everybody in the comments, I'm sure, was oh, freaking out. Freaking out. You know, oh, it's going to come down, it's going to come down. Well, is it? Yeah, We don't knows? know. We can't time tops yep. and bottoms. Yep. And you and I follow markets pretty well or we at least follow people who follow markets mm-hmm. nobody knows yeah nobody so and if somebody's telling you yep. that they do know don't follow them yeah. anymore yep. follow the guys that say that we exactly. don't know yeah but this is our long-term plan is yes. doing this so you can't go wrong right now when you see cryptocurrency prices really low buying the big ones so bitcoin ethereum cardano I'm a fan of Voyager. That's not a big one, but I I, mm-hmm. I love the platform. Um, that one's down 90% from when I bought it. Wow. And it doesn't scare me. Like, it's yeah. actually kind of cool. It's like a new part of my life where I'm like, I don't get scared when investments go down. Well, I think that that's some maturity. Like, I've listened to, like you said, we follow a lot of great investors. Like, yeah. that's what they do for their career, and they've done it for 30 or 40 years. I was listening to one that... Uh, uh, Rick rules his name. Oh, I yeah. really like listening yeah. to him, like just level headed. And he was talking about, uh, I think it was like Berkshire Hathaway when he, you know, he did his research on it. He really liked it, had some reasons to buy it. So he bought it, thought it was a great buy and he's going to make all this money or whatever. Went down 40%. And he said he was just like, couldn't believe why it did number one. And there was external factors kind of in the market that made it go down that 40%. You know, it wasn't something that was within that company. But he said, now looking back on that, you can't even see that 40% drop. That's awesome. Like you You're can't talking, even, you, you have to go. you zoom out. Yeah, if you, you zoom out, it. you know, because that was 30 years ago or whatever when he was just kind of getting into his, his investing career. Yeah. He said, now you, it's not even a blurb on the screen. Yeah. You know, that and that stock's gone up by multiples of what he bought it from. You know, yeah. so it's just... It's your, I think, like you said, like it doesn't concern you. Well, it's your, your viewpoint and your attitude of uh, as an investor. Yeah, is just looking at the long game. Yeah, and know? emotions. It's it's tough, especially getting into this, into the investing game, or even into the starting a, a small business game. It's a head game, and it's it's very emotional. But if we can pull the emotion out and just go off of historical norms, we're fine. Yeah, like there's a lot of crazy crap happening in the nation right now and in the world, but there's always been crazy crap happening in the world. When Roe versus Wade passed, I bet Republicans thought it was the end of the world. We're we're all going to die somehow because we're all aborted. I don't know. (laughs) We're going to get burned. Yeah. Yep. It's that. Well, no, it runs in cycles. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure during the civil war, they thought that it was the end of the nation. Yeah. And after that, you know, it just, it's all interesting. The end of the nation might have been when the Federal Reserve was created. But other than that. <laughs> it was a, it's been a slow, maybe not a slow, but it's been a drawn out. Yeah. And not necessarily right when that happened. Yeah. I've been, 
pessimistic for the last six, eight months. And really when it comes down to it, well, like you said, maturity, I just need to be more mature and look at it objectively. Nothing's really going to change. It's just really not. Like it might feel like it, but historically speaking, what can we do? Cower? No. Yeah. You've got to jump in. We've got to find that real estate, buy it. If you've got some extra money, you buy some crypto cryptocurrency in silver and gold. Um, find the opportunity. Uh, I've got a really good friend, and he told me, he's like, hey, get into collectible coins. Hmm. Like, well, that's weird. Like, why is someone going to get a collectible? Or, like, why would someone care about I Like, I want, I just want a, a, a safe full of gold. Like, yeah. that just seems cool to me. Yeah. He's like, well, but the money's not there. You know, gold slowly goes up. Get into collectibles. So uh, we ended up trading for them, but had these uh, collectible Trump coins that went like 800%, you know? So within silver and gold, there's opportunity. Within real estate, there's opportunity. Within cryptocurrency. So... And it's becoming a, like you were talking about, it's becoming an expert in those things. Yeah. If you're going to do collectibles, become an expert in it because there's probably a lot of stuff out there that if you buy, it's kind of kind of garbage yeah. too so yeah. you got to become an expert in that yeah or be friends with someone who's an expert yeah because i'm not an expert yeah. in collectibles at all in fact he he texted me and said hey you should probably sell those coins right now oh really okay let me hop on holy crap yep i'll sell those coins yeah. right now well and that's the good thing about getting in a niche or a market or something is getting a mastermind group around yeah. you where you can learn from each other or add to each other you know and that yeah. kind of stuff but yeah it's mastermind that it's pretty cool so you and i have mutual friends that started like i don't know seven eight years ago they called it whopper wednesday yeah and they would get together on wednesdays and they would talk you know years and years ago none of them were monetarily successful Mm -hmm. they are now yeah all of them yeah. And and I would say it's because of that group or, you know, a lot because of that group. And they all have kind of together. You yes. know, you can see that growth yep. together. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of your, you know, the guy that you were talking about with the 401k. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think a lot of times we focus on the monetary, you know, why is a 401k good? Why is it bad? Or the 401k is doing good or doing bad. And to me, I don't think about it necessarily in a monetary thing. I know a lot of people that did great in their 401k and they, you know, retired and whatever. I assume anyway, they seem like it's okay. Um, There's a lot of reasons why maybe a 401k isn't the greatest kind of investment vehicle out there. Um, But to me, the heart, the thing that I don't like about that is that it's, it makes people stuck. Yes. You know, it makes, it takes the education part out of it. It makes it like, Hey, just, you know, just we'll automatically take this money out of your paycheck. These people over here will manage it. Now I know there's people that manage their own retirement accounts, but by and large for most people in, in the United States, we'll just take it out. You don't even have to think about it. So already we're in this mindset of, oh, I don't even have to think about my retirement. Those guys are doing it for me, you know? And so then you're not going out and learning about asset classes. You're not learning about any of these kind of things. And then hopefully at the end of the, you know, when you get to retirement age, hopefully those other people have done a good job, you know? And I know that that's painting a pretty broad picture. I know a lot of people watch their 401k. They're involved in selecting what that's invested in and a lot of that stuff. But you may know them, 
but it's very few people. I'm yeah, it probably is. Just but to me it just the education part and the experience part, you yeah. know, where you know my mindset lately has been like okay, you know, crypto's going down or you know, gold and silver is not doing as good or some, you know, just assets that I'm invested in haven't done as good as I've wanted. Yeah. And so my mindset's been, okay, go out and find more. Yep. Go out and start, go out and start another business. Yep. Go out and figure out how to, you know, create more value in this area. Go out and figure out, you know, and with the kind of 401k mindset, I feel like it's, we lose out on the, on that kind of a mindset, learning how to start a business maybe, or learning how to just go out and find more rather than just, oh, well, I need to work overtime so I can have more, or I need to take on another job so I can add more. Well, what about investing in something you can add value to and then grow that thing? You know what I mean? Absolutely. I I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's, I'm not explaining it very good, but just the education part of it to know and to get the confidence and the knowledge to know, hey, if the economy sucks, I can find an opportunity within that. I've done it before. I've started these businesses. I've done these projects. I can find an opportunity within that if I need it and provide for myself to go forward. You know what I mean? No, I I agree. And what I see, what you're saying is just get out there and do it. You know, a lot of people will say, I, Hey, I want to learn about cryptocurrency. Hey, I want to learn about real estate. Hey, I want to this, I want to that. Uh, just saw a video the other day. I don't even know who it was. But it was the pretty successful guy in real estate, and, and this guy goes up to me and says, "Hey, you're pretty successful in real estate. How how should somebody get into real estate?" And he says, "Get into real estate." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's, it. It's pretty straightforward. Get in. How do you get in? You yeah. get in. Yeah. It, there's so many different avenues that you can do. Whether it's a, you know you're a realtor or you're an investor or you run an Airbnb or whatever it is. Yeah. Get into it. Yep. That's it. But if we're told what to do take because we have a 401k match of two percent yeah if you put in four percent we'll give two percent and then that money goes away you never have to think about retirement then what's going to happen and we've seen this a lot and we're going to see it more uh, but we have a friend it's an awesome guy just retired and he looks at it and he goes so i have enough money to probably live the rest of my life how i want unless inflation goes crazy mm-hmm. is that all i did like that, that's it. That was my life. It's an hourglass. Yes. You know, it's like, yeah. And I hope I have enough to get and, there. And we never think of it until we hit that point and we go, oh, that's it. Mm-hmm. I could have done differently. I could have done it like this. I could have done it like that. And the cool thing is he's encouraging other people to do it differently. That's awesome. You know, he looks at it and he goes, hey, I did it like this. I'm a little worried that I'm going to have enough money to retire. You should probably go get into real estate or build a building or get into cryptocurrency, you know, do it differently than I did because here's where I'm at. It's not the greatest way. Yeah. 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 But we are taught that it's the greatest way. Yeah. Yeah. And that we don't have to ever think about it again. You know, it's just, it's, it's interesting. I, I was listening today, um, to a Napoleon Hill book. Yeah. There's a, it's that scam artist, how to own. Yeah. Well, (laughs) so I was, I was kind of thinking about that because it's called how to own your own mind. And it's along the lines of think and grow rich. And we listened to a podcast recently that they were kind of like, you know, said that he's a scam artist and yeah, whatever. That was the Ryan and they, Holiday and uh, Joe Rogan, yeah. right? Yeah. And which is fine. I don't, don't totally I really fine. Like don't they can all say, say what they whatever. want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, 
I thought it was interesting because their point was like, because Ryan Holiday was like, you know, he was a scam artist, right? And Joe's like, oh, no, I didn't ever know that. And he's like, yeah, well, <laughs> the funny thing was, first of all, Ryan Holiday was talking about how he wrote a book about how the media is like... Uh, Manipulate. Yeah, yeah, manipulative. And then he's like, yeah, the... I think it was like the Daily Beast or something did this thing on Napoleon Hill. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I like, thought the same thing. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you're, you're quoting the Daily Beast right now? Yeah. Yeah. When you just got done saying a blurb about uh, media manipul- manipulation. But, but and then, you know, he's like, and, and so they talk about, you know, oh, that's crazy that he was a scam artist and whatever. And he's like, well, think about it. Like, think about his book, Think and Grow Rich. Like, he just thinks that you, that you, uh, think about growing rich and stuff happens and that's actually not what that book says at all i don't think they've read the book yeah i don't think so either because um today one of the things that i was listening to that uh stuck out was action like action is um i should have highlighted the quote but it's basically like if you're just thinking without action you're gonna fail Mm -hmm. you know and actually um he said like there's there's people that have less education less knowledge they probably aren't as intelligent they aren't you know as smart as the other people but they're just always doing something those people are going to be more successful than the people that just think that they have to sit back and think about it figure out everything be the smartest people like those people are going to fail in relation to the people that might not be the smartest, but they're just going to work at it and jump in and take action. Yeah. Like that's basically what the book is like that whole, that whole series of stuff. That's basically what it is. Yeah. But it's just action. Like it's just get in, fail, figure it out, get in, fail, figure it out. Like that's all it is. It is. That's the key to it. Even if Napoleon Hill was a scam artist using his own principles that he's scamming everyone on made him successful. And then everyone else that has read those principles and used those scam artist principles to go off and get rich, yeah. it's, it's not, a, I mean, it, yeah. you know, it is what it is. It's well, and, and, and the media can, I mean, yeah, it could have been, they could have gone back and found a newspaper article that was written by one of his competitors Exactly. that, you know, I mean, there's just so much, but you look at, okay, was he successful? Well, his books are still some of the top business books ever like recommended yeah. and have been for Almost probably a, an, almost a century. Yeah. I don't know when they were first. Uh, I think they were written in the twenties. Yeah, they were right? written in the twenties. So that's a hundred years. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's pretty successful. I think so too. You know, yeah. it's pretty. And uh, I don't think that you can read Think and Grow Rich and go, "This is all bullcrap." Yeah. No. Yeah. Not at all. Like you, you read it, and you, if you're reading it objectively, and you put any of those principles into use in your life, you're just going to be more successful. Yeah. I think a lot of people maybe think about it in terms of like the secret like have you read the secret or listened to the secret or whatever yeah and i think there's some value there but it's more of like a thinking projecting yeah type thing and think and manifest sort of thing yeah i've actually seen which is there's some truth there yeah um but i feel like think and grow rich is yeah think about it plan about it and then go and do it yeah kind of thing some of the experts or whatever you call them that were in the secret um a lot of that was cut. So, you know, I know like Jack Canfield that was in it. Um, Harv Ecker was also in it, or at least he was cut. You know, I've, I've listened, I've read all their books, listened to many of their seminars, gone to some of their seminars. They're, they're action-oriented. So if 
the secret was, you know, manifest by thinking. All of the guys who were actually behind it and the ladies who were behind it, they were like, yes, you have to think about it so that you can form action. Yes. And that's think and grow rich is that you think so that you know the plan. He talks about a definite chief aim. Yeah. If you don't have, and what is the definite chief aim if you're not going to act? Yeah. It's all action. Yep. So I disagree with, with Ryan Holiday and Joe Rogan yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, they just, I think, kind of brushed over it, which actually there's a few things in that podcast that were brushed over. That I and it's okay. Enough. You're it's totally great. fine. Yeah. yeah. I love, so Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacle oh, is Away. Yeah, fantastic book. Yep. I've listened to it multiple times. Yeah. But I've listened to Napoleon Hill more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ryan, you got to bump your game up, bro. But um, he's, you know, but yeah, no, his oh, stuff's it's, awesome. It's a great and he's more successful than me too. So maybe I, maybe I should just read his books more. Successful in his own right. Maybe. You know, like that's kind of the crazy thing. And, and I don't like one, he's probably not going to listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But you know, if Napoleon Hill was a scam artist, what are a lot of authors? Yeah. Because who's to say, who's to say that Ryan Holiday is the guy that I need to learn Marcus Aurelius's meditations from? Yeah. Now I'm, I actually think he is. Yeah. So yeah, it's good stuff. I, it is good stuff, and I love it. But you know, it's easy to start to talk scam artists and who and what and where. Because how do you begin as an author? You well, you're not successful in your own right. You're trying to become an author. Yep. So you might write some stuff that is kind of scammy until you're the expert, and all of a sudden everyone should listen to you. It's actually a weird yeah, thing. It is. We kind of need to listen to many different. Well, and even the obstacles away, I think he said it took six years before it, like, really kind of gained steam. So it's like, okay, like, to me, that's kind of like, okay, you finally gained the momentum to get in the right people's, yeah. on the right people's <clears throat> radar to make that happen, you know? So it's like, like, how do you gain success there? Like, so say it never would have gained that kind of momentum then would it, it scam would it still yeah exactly yeah. would it still have been successful and stuff it's like i think it would have been if it yeah. if it if it helps anybody if somebody reads it Absolutely. and it improves their life and they say hey this is great i'm gonna do better because i read this book that's successful yeah you know, like well i think the key is that he thought and grew rich <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he thought of that plan yeah 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 he did and then he took actions yes to do it and put in the work it's cool so yeah it is i don't know it's interesting stuff. It is. It's fun stuff. Um, we hit lots of different topics. Today. Yeah, today was all kind over. Of, but that was good. Yeah, it, it is good. It, because knowing the history of things and being aware of the current events doesn't necessarily mean that we need to be changing how we do things. Whether the Federal Reserve is doing its thing today, that it's going to do something different tomorrow, or whether Roe versus Wade is put back in tomorrow, I can still know that I need to think today, gain an action and a definite chief aim, and act Yeah. today and tomorrow, and continue to act. That's the only way that we're going to be gaining success in anything. Yeah, for sure. And doing it, I mean, to be honest, just put the blinders on, yeah. you know, and that's what I've kind of thought of over the last week or whatever. You know, if I, I kind of get caught up in like the emotional, you know, the emotions of some of these things and whatnot, but you know, and I've watched a few things on like Roe versus Wade and gun control in the last little bit, but kind of to the point where I'm like this and not to the point that 
I'm not open to new ideas, but I'm kind of the point where I'm like, okay, this is pretty much what I believe. Yeah. You know, like I've got this and nothing's really going to sway me that much unless if, you know, there, I, I read certain things every day and whatever to try to gain more knowledge, to hone that some. But I mean, a lot of the things that are thrown at us anymore, it's not going to have any effect on your life. Yeah. So why spend a day or two thinking about it when you could spend that same time thinking about your business plan and thinking of, and thinking not just thinking about it but writing down and coming up with ideas for actions you need to take to move forward in that or yeah. learning how to um, invest money and in looking into companies to buy their stock or you know these things like thinking about all of the negative stuff with Roe versus Wade is not probably going to change any of our lives. Yeah. You know, very rarely, but learning how to, what we want to accomplish, writing down a plan for it, figuring out the actions to take and taking those actions, it's going to have a huge effect on our life. Yeah. And so, you know, I think sometimes we just need to put the blinders on and it almost feels like the system is designed to take the blinders off and yeah. distract us so much that we can't even, we aren't self-sufficient or self-reliant yeah. or whatever. It, in, it, increasingly so. Mm -hmm. You know, TikTok has this seven-second algorithm right now. Like, seven-second videos are trending. And it's because they want you to only be able to focus for seven seconds then move on to something else yeah. and move on to something else. You know, Lincoln, they, they talked about that in, in the podcast. Lincoln used to have, like, nine hour debates they used to go to lunch yeah. and come back yeah that's nobody crazy. has that kind of mm -hmm. that kind of, uh, we'll recommend podcasts to people and they're like that's four hours i yeah. can't listen to that mm. like we'll listen to it 10 minutes at a time that's okay like it's okay to have an attention span yeah. but we are taught not to and that's probably by design you yeah know? well and it carries over into everything like you think about starting a business you know it's like i've had this thought recently on some of the business stuff i'm doing i'm like Man, I've been at this for a freaking year already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I? Uh, a whole year. I'm not. I'm not there yet. What the yeah. heck? It's like, well, yeah. That that might take 20 years to get to yeah. where you want. It yeah. might take 30 years. I mean, that's. I look at a lot of the businesses that I know of that are successful businesses that have been built from the ground up. You know, and yeah, it's 30 years. Yeah. To get to this point that we're looking at today, and so I'm looking at it a year out, and I'm going, oh, I want that. Yeah. Well, okay. Like that's what it'll look like in 30 years. If you keep going, that's not and what it's going to look like after a year. Think of the foundation that's built on that 30 years. You know, if you like, let's say a, an apparel company, yeah. it starts and then just boom, you have 10,000 orders. It uh, doesn't mean it's going to be successful in five years. It yeah. means we've got 10,000 orders. Yeah. We've got to hurry and fulfill. But what happens if it, the foundation is built and you're slowly on your way to Mm -hmm. It's like the flywheel principle, you know, that yeah. big flywheel. It takes a lot of energy to get that flywheel moving. Once it's moving, it takes almost nothing to, to go. But if you just hurried up and got that flywheel going, a lot of energy is expended on, on really nothing. Yeah. And so it's fun because yeah. it's a lot to think about. Yeah. And um, I think today was good. Like it's just, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. We could probably take five episodes to unpack everything that was we should we should yeah so we should dial in a little bit more specifically on each of those and yeah and do more which we do yeah. i mean it's the same stuff we talk about all the time but it's the same 
the same principles that have been created success throughout history are the same principles that we should be looking at today. Like it's not anything new necessarily. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fun because it can be new for us. We can unpack something or learn something new and be like, Hey, I just, I just learned that. But I mean, people have probably been doing that principle for a long time, but it's awesome when we can learn that for ourselves and then act on it, move forward to continue to yeah. learn and grow and all that. So anyway, I agree. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And that we'll, was good. Uh, we'll see you soon.